The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus withdrew toward the sea with his disciples. A large number of people followed from Galilee and from Judea. Hearing what he was doing, a large number of people came to him also from Jerusalem, from Idumea, from beyond the Jordan, and from the neighborhood of Tyre and Sidon. He told his disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd, so that they would not crush him. He had cured many, and as a result, those who had diseases were pressing upon him to touch him. And whenever unclean spirits saw him, they would fall down before him and shout, You are the Son of God. He warned them sternly not to make him known. The Gospel of the Lord. Yeah, you know, we're continuing this, this read-through of uh, the, the action-packed gospel of, of Mark. I mean, there's no, there's, there's no uh, place for us to pause, you know, get, get a breath, you know, reset expectations and the rest. It's just going to keep coming, right? It's, it's going one thing, one thing to the other. Um, and before you realize it, you know, Jesus telling his disciples have a boat ready for him because of the crowd so that they would not crush him. Right, that's a, I mean, that's a decent crowd, right? This, I mean, look, this is a decent crowd for like a Thursday morning, 8 o'clock, cold, whatever. But that, that was a crowd. Yeah, this was the, the onrush, right, when Jesus is on the scene. Not just when Jesus is on the scene, but when, when Jesus is, is acquiring the, the reputation that he has by rights to be the, the healer of, of people, to be the, the restorer of, of men and women, right? To, to have them return to, to their place before God, both as, um, as those given over to, to worship and, uh, and those also set, uh, set uh, I should say, finding their place um, in, uh, as God's good stewards, right? Being, being restored to, to the vocation, uh, that is theirs. Uh, this this is what happens, right? There's there's a crush. I mean, there's a there's a massive crowd, and it, it, I, I think we're I think we we'd be right to think about whether or not people have this response to Jesus today. And there, there are a couple ways I think of thinking about that. One is to say that the the church uh, continues uh, to in, to inflame the ministry of Christ Jesus. Uh, the ministry of of healing, of of giving hope and strength, uh, of restoring man to to his uh, his place in in God's good creation. Right? The the church has has that charge, right? Is is the crush of people uh, coming to the church today? No, of course. You know, you say, yeah, I see some of those wry smiles. You know, like, yeah, okay, well, it's not happening because it's it's not happening, right? I mean, it's. You know, we, we have, I mean, I could say since we've, since we've put pews in churches some, I don't know, three, four hundred years ago, um, you know, we, we've tried to have this, you know, very, very neat and uh, perhaps it's somewhat bourgeois <laughs> view of church. It's like, well, it's got to be at least a little bit comfortable. You need somewhere to sit and, and the rest. Where, and it wasn't that way before that. Yeah, and I think that perhaps we'd get the, the experience of, of the crush of the crowd uh, if, we, if we took the pews out. But probably if we made the church a bit smaller, we'd have to as well because we say it's standing room only, only because it's sta- only because we took all the pews out. You know, it's like okay, and then we might feel the the crush of the crowd and, and the need for an altar rail and that and that kind of thing. We need we need some space here. Um, but the, but the the reality is that you know even though it's not happening in in our place and probably all the places where 
uh, where pews exist in, in the world. It's happening in places where pews don't exist, right? It's happening in, in Africa, for example, right? It's, it's, and it's an, it, I should say, it feels like a, a new young church, and yet Africa has a great tradition of, of Christianity. I mean, St. Augustine is, is an African, right? I mean, it's his, this is, uh, you know, they're responsible for, for the rebirth of, of the Western church. And then we see, of course, um, you know, their, their rebirth now with real vigor and strength and the rest. If you want to, and if you want to see a crush, then perhaps you just look at a, a video of, of the, the African church at, at worship. And, and, the, and again, the, the proper excitement of the people for Jesus Right? This, is this, this is the significance of the thing, right? It's God, it has to be, it has to be about Jesus. And, and we recognize, of course, in, in our lives, when we come to experience the healing that Jesus gives, when we come to experience our renewal at his hands, right? our restoration, so that we can be uh, agents of his restorative love, then we realize that you know, we're, we're ready to face the crush as well, right? We're, we're ready to, to go for it, to go and find Jesus and to be in his presence because in the end, that's all that matters for us, right? To, to be in his enlivening presence and to, and to have our hearts beat with his and to be about his, his work and the rest is all that we desire. So yeah, let's, let's have you know, that excitement stirred up in us today. We, we see yeah, the, the onrushing crowd. We also see, right, again, just, just uh, beneath the surface here, the challenges that Jesus is facing and, uh, and our recognition then that, you know, this is not simply about human endeavors and activities. This is, this is also about the, the enslaving powers right, that, ha that have held humans captive for so long. And Jesus is going to restore and renew human beings by taking on those powers and defeating them. Yeah, and, and we can see then, right, this is the, the, the spirits, the unclean spirits. What does it mean, unclean spirits? Yeah, we're, we're talking about um, uh, here spirits. Yeah, so these, these, um, these dark and often personal forces uh, that have an influence on human beings and sometimes, right, from, from within. And what they do is, is render them unclean in the sense of, you know, man has this has this role as a heaven and earth being of bringing earth to heaven, right? We're going to turn over our hearts and lives to God in thankful praise. So we're going to take what we have, what God has given us, and we're going to turn it over to him in praise. And then we're going to receive the life of heaven itself as our inspiration and as our, again, our organizing and animating principle. So we're going to, re we're going to receive the life of heaven. We're going to receive God's own life of love and we're going to embody it. So we're going to bring heaven to earth. Right? We're going to play that. We're going to play that dual role. Unclean spirits derail that. Oh yeah, derail, derail that, derail that project. Right? They they pull it off. They pull it off course. And it, and how does how does that happen? I mean, we have to give. We would be giving ourselves over to powers other than the power of heaven. Right? What what are we living for? Yeah. This is this is the question. Yeah. And of course, it's not simply that, as though we're all within our grasp. It's also that, you know, we are being acted on from outside. And Jesus has come to do something about both of those things. He's come to re renew us again so that we can be about the work of restoration. He's come to love us into life. Right? He's, come to, he's come to claim us by his merciful rule. Right? He, he's come to show us mercy. He is himself divine mercy. He's come to show us mercy. He's come to bring us forgiveness, reconciliation with God. 
right? So he, we can't achieve that on our own. He's come to restore us to God, to, to restore us to right relationship with God. And let me offer again what right relationship with God is. It's an ecstatic union with him, yeah? It's an ecstatic union with him. So it, again, it might be eight o'clock in the morning. We're not terribly interested in ecstatic unions, right? But this is an ecstatic union with God. We should be excited about it, right? This is, this is we're, we're called into full-bodied relationship with God, right? Heart, mind, and soul. We're called into a relationship with God, going beyond ourselves, right? We, the charity is being poured into our hearts and lives all the time by virtue of the fact that the Spirit is, he, God's own Spirit is dwelling in us right? and working through us. That he's, and he's drawing us into this relationship. Jesus is drawing us into the, this relationship that he has with his Father. We see it, right? He's, so e he's eager to be by himself. He's eager to offer his, his whole self to God, his Father. And we, as sons in the Son, get to do the same. We have the capacity to do it by, by our nature, but we get to do it by grace, Right, by Jesus's by Jesus's provision, we get to be caught up into that relationship, and then having ecstatic reunion, uh, have ec ecstatic union with God, which is what we're made for. We're then made fit to pour ourselves out in His service, and this is when this is when we're going to be vehicles of His healing grace and His strength. This is where we're going to be able to give people real encouragement and hope. Right? Have you ever tried to do that? You try to give people encouragement and hope and the rest. Yeah, if it's, yeah, it's very difficult, right? If we, if we do it out of our own resources, we've got very little to offer. But if we do it out of that, out of that uh, our being restored in, in that relationship with God, the ecstatic union we have with him, then we have something more to offer people than simply the, you know, pat on the back, hey, uh, you know, it's, things are going to turn out okay in the end. Well, are they going to turn out okay in the end? You know, be careful what you offer people, right? Especially when you don't have the power to produce it. I know it's like that God is visiting us now, right? God is loving us into existence now. He's sustaining us in his love. He's showing us his mercy. He's bringing us reconciliation. And now he wants to, he wants to restore us and renew us in every possible way. And he's offering, he's offering himself to us now for that purpose. And we give ourselves over to him. We pledge ourselves to him. We want, we want to live totally for him. And it's when we have Jesus at the very center of our hearts and lives that we're going to see again right, the, the, um, the, the great works of God that he so desperately wants to accomplish. He's simply looking for faithful vehicles and, and conduits and agents in order to extend his merciful rule now to every corner of his creation.